Okay, welcome to the Rubble Podcast with Robbie and Cindy. This is a podcast that we do two Tuesdays every month. You can find the links to subscribe in the YouTube description. If you're already subscribed, uh, you can see that. Tommy Emanuel wants us to upload to Spotify. I will work on doing that. It should have been automatic, but we had a weird redirect thing when I switched from our old podcasting host. And then uh, DJ FK777 asks, uh, what do you use to track your sleep? I use an iOS app called Sleep Cycle. I actually don't use it anymore because I had to. I thought about it too much. Oh, I use it and have been using it for a long time. What I, one of the things I like especially about it is that it, it tracks snoring. And, oh, yeah. And Use so when I was trying to deal with that, that really helped. Okay. And then uh, we will answer questions from the previous video at the end of this video. There's only one question, and then there's another one. We had a comment from Abracadabra that we want to get into a little bit, uh, but we'll do that at the end of the podcast. <clears throat> Today, we're going to be talking about why do some people not listen? And this is kind of your topic, so why don't you start it off? Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about this because, well, first of all, I think everybody at certain times doesn't listen. And <laughs> have I ever gotten that right on the first try? I don't think so. <laughs> um, but it, But the inability to let someone say something all the way through without getting defensive or f- looking for the alternative argument or, you know, whatever it might be, I think causes a, a large portion of the problems of the world, um, but from little to big. But I'm, I'm experiencing it, um, or maybe I'm just more aware of it because I'm trying, I'm trying myself to be better at it. But what I'm talking about is that getting personally offended when someone says something you don't agree with or someone is trying to, you know, maybe a boss or somebody who is trying to help solve a problem, but before you can even say what the problem is, you get defensive over it. Mm. Um, and it happens in so many different situations, but I find it very frustrating. Um, I don't like it when I do it and I, uh, particularly don't like it when somebody <laughs> does it, especially if I'm, you know, like, like I hardly ever want to be offensive. And I think people who know me should know that. Yeah. Um, so then maybe it would be worth taking a moment or two to go, can she really mean what I think she means? Um, so anyway, that's my, t- that's why I'm talking about this. I think that that is mostly just people defending their, sense of self-worth because you know like sometimes when you have your views challenged then you feel like it's somehow a personal failing of yours that you didn't already know that yeah and that you've been wrong about that yeah and i i think i, th- I think that's that's really what i'm driving driving at is well first of all i could be wrong when i'm saying it but we can't even have a conversation if you or if, if someone says something to me and I don't even um, give that that topic or that statement or that question any time to marinate at all, mm-hmm. like I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure I even understand the whole question. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm particularly bad at it if I'm tired or hungry or you know that kind of thing. But but I think in general that just happens a lot when the truth of the matter, at least from my perspective. If you, if you don't know something already, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 
Like, like, well, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately too. Actually, that was another topic that I was thinking of for today's episode was where do you draw the line in somebody not knowing something? Cause you know how everybody is always telling you, like, especially growing up as a kid, like if you didn't know something like, Oh, you didn't know that you didn't know that Meryl Streep was an actor or I don't know. Yeah. She's an actor. I did know that. <laughs> But it's just, there's this ridiculous notion that every time you don't know something or you're not good at something, it's somehow this incredible failure. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being, oh yeah, well, I was focused on other things or I was too lazy or, you know. Yeah. Or, or I chose not to care about that. So I didn't pay any attention to it. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine. Um, I notice it in a work setting when someone has not been trained but approaching that person or people, because it's not it's not a particular person in this instance at all. But 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 if you haven't been trained, it's okay that you don't know something. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly okay. It's also perfectly okay to the for the people who need you to know how to do that for them to say to you, you know, hey, I'm not sure you know how to do this. Can I help you with it? It that that is something that just generally in our world, I think is, is hard for people to deal with. And, and I think it shouldn't be. I'm trying to think now if there's, I, well, let me say this up front. There's most of the time when somebody questions my beliefs or say I'm doing something wrong, I always respond poorly. (laughs) Like I've never been very good at just sitting down and be like, "Hmm, okay, let me think about that for a second. I've gotten better for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you for a second and just say, you also have the exact same, the exact opposite problem, which is when someone who you think might have authority says something, then you go, "Oh, that must be right," because I was yeah, so stupid I didn't true. know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm not very balanced on that. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on what it's you're talking about. But I always talk about this butt wiping thing. This is <laughs> the classic example of the whole cycle playing out. I found out that you're supposed to wipe while you're still sitting down. When I was 25 years old. It was in an instant messenger, AOL instant messenger chat with Andrew. Okay. He sends me a video of Lance Crawl. He's a comedian. And then in the video, he's talking about this and he's like, I can't believe people do it the other way. And I was like, yeah, man, I can't believe people sit down and wipe. And then, and then in the video, I find out, no, it's the people who stand and wipe who are the idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And I was talking to Andrew and my first, this was like the first one of the first moments of my life where I really realized that like, look, you can let go of your beliefs and you can admit that you're wrong. And then Lance crawl explained why it was better. Andrew explained why it was better. And he, Andrew was also incredulous. It was like, you, you stand and wipe. What is wrong with you? And then I was like, I had that defensiveness at first. And then I was like, "Hmm, you know what? That does make more sense. (laughs) Why wouldn't I do it that way? And then it actually took a while to change because my brain was so... You're, you had a habit. Yeah, but I'm trying to think if any times in work situations where people actually do know more than me, I feel like in general, I have listened. Because I'm thinking back to that same job where I was working when I was on that instant semester conference. Because <laughs> I remember I, the, very clearly, I was sitting at that desk in that office. I was doing subtitling. Then when I started that subtitling job, I didn't know a lot of it. And I'm pretty sure I never got defensive when he, my, my supervisor told me like, oh, this is how you do this and whatever. Yeah. It just seemed very obvious that 
oh yeah, I don't know how I'm doing this. I've, I've never done this before. This guy's been doing it for years. Even if I think, mm, maybe that was the, the kicker, is that if I think the way that they did it was stupid, then I can then I would be defensive about it. But the, I don't think there's too many instances of that. The tools we use are really stupid, but I was like, well, this is the only way we yeah, have to do it. Yeah, it's the tool you have. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think if you're in the mindset of, I have something to learn, and I'm learning from, I'm actually going to learn from this person because they clearly know more than me, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to not be defensive about somebody correcting you. Yeah. Um, but that's not even fully what you're talking about. You're not even talking about somebody necessarily coming up to correct you. You're just talking about somebody saying something and people not letting the whole thing fill or sit for a second and then actually realize what, what is actually being said here. Yeah. Is this a, like, cause a lot of people, I think their first instinct is to take whatever people are saying as some sort of attack Yeah. and not just being like, Oh, this is just a statement. Yeah, I, I you you you're exactly right. That is what I'm talking about. It's the it's the lack of of acceptance of what's being said. I mean, you can accept what somebody else is saying and completely disagree with it. Yeah, that's you know that's part of being human. We're allowed to do that, but to not even let it in, you know, don't let it marinate at all before you know. Maybe even not let them get finished. Um, and then if you still have a disagreement or you disagree with them to, to express that in a defensive or counterattack, like someone's just expressing something, um, I think one of the biggest joys of life is to have a conversation with someone, particularly if you don't agree and that you can talk and talk and talk and to you get to the point where neither of you is convinced that the, that the other was right and you were wrong, only that, wow, isn't that interesting that we have such different opinions, that we feel so differently about that. You, you've actually had conversations where you've I, disagreed I have. with people and it's been enjoyable. It, yes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've really had, I've had conversations where I disagree with people, but not about like life-changing stuff. It's like when we're talking about like, do you like uh, a sandwich cut diagonally or yeah. vertically? You know, like that. It's like you could make arguments and like it's it's not very. There's no emotion involved in it. It's just you put it. But like whenever it's like stuff, you it's know, important that's to you. more important. It's never been a pleasant thing to have those conversations. It's not. Before. You don't find it like interesting. You don't find it like. No, because oftentimes I feel like just the other person is stupid. (laughs) And this is kind of like, that's clearly a human failing, but it's really hard. There there have been, of course, plenty of times where people put arguments from the other perspective, but sometimes there's certain topics that you're so entrenched in that it's impossible to see. I can see the other side, but I can't imagine myself ever getting to the other side. So it's yeah. Well, I, and without that's, giving that's my, specific examples, it's kind of hard to yeah. explain what I mean. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, something that uh, everybody might, but might have experienced at some time. I can't think of a particular one now, but I, I can, I can think about talking with, in, 
in high school, I went on this choir thing. It was like people from all over the country, somebody from every state, and we toured in Europe for a summer. And um, I just remember that it was the first time I was around a lot of people from different places. Like there were, you know, five people from Missouri and five people from Alaska and five people from wherever. And to hear just how they felt about different things. I, I literally the whole time was going, wow, I didn't know anybody felt like that. <laughs> I, you know, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That was like, you know, I was 18. It was mm -hmm. a huge eye opener for me. Um, and I'm not making it sound like I, I'm, Right? I don't want to sound like I am, you know, I'm so open-minded, blah, blah, blah. There were some of them was like, those people are crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, can you, how can you feel that way? Um, one of them for me is are, are people that are complete introverts. Because I'm kind of introverted, but I'm also not. Um, but I, people that are so introverted, and I met the first introvert that I ever knew for sure was that while I was on that, that tour. And that person was just miserable with us. And, and we were, we were talking one night just, you know, as we were, you know, all hanging out in our, wherever it is. And, um, he just kept saying, I, I have to get away. I, <laughs> I, I just can't be with this many people this long. And he he didn't have a reason for it or anything like that. It was just that many people were making him uncomfortable. And I had never heard that before because, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, everybody, oh, the more the merrier, let's all do this, let's all do that. Um, and that's, that. I guess that's still a personal preference, you know, by either from his background or where he grew up or his family or whatever. But I really enjoyed talking to him about, about that. I certainly didn't agree with a lot of the, you know, his, his preferences or choices or that kind of stuff, but it really opened my eyes that, man, we really are distinct, different people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't take a personal affront. He didn't take it as a personal affront that I thought was, I, that I would not enjoy always being by myself. He was only with us cause he liked to sing. You know, and he wanted to travel and see other places, but he didn't uh -huh. want to see the people in the other places. So I, I guess it is not that hard for me to imagine that if we will all let our defenses drop a little bit, we could, we could talk to people about what their thoughts are on things and just go, that's really interesting. I don't agree with that at all, but that's really interesting because it is interesting. Um, I'll give a real world example of something as an adult. Um, I used to work for a real estate development company. Almost all the management were Republicans. I'm a, I'm a diehard liberal. Everybody knows that. And except for my boss didn't know it at the time. And we were having a conversation with him and another management person just after work, just sitting in our offices. And one of them went, you can't be a landlord and be a Republican. I was like, why not? I, mean, like that. I, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> anyway, whether that's a true statement or not, we had this long conversation. And then finally, one of them said, you're the most reasonable Democrat I've ever talked to. And I said, well, it's because I'm not trying to convince you to be a Democrat. I'm, mm. not ex I'm not trying to convince you to change your ways. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. It was a great conversation. And I worked for them for a number of years and got promoted. It didn't seem to stop. 
you know? Yeah. Well, especially with political stuff, especially when people are younger, they're trying to change people's minds. Yeah. I haven't tried to change somebody's mind on a political thing in a very long time. Cause it, the wall is, you know, actually maybe it's a big part of it is that nobody's, it's very difficult to just listen and to take it all in. Yeah. You know, without immediately thinking about your rebuttals and your, yeah. And how this is, how you're wrong and, you know, yeah, what I, it's a personal affront. Personally, and I, and I'm, and I'm not great at it. But when I find myself was talking to someone whose views are really opposed to mine, I will ask as many questions as I can rather than make any comments. Mm. Because first of all, making comments, if they're going to, if I'm, if I'm, it's going to be just the opposite of whatever they said, that's going to get us nowhere. Yeah. Um, if, if they are willing to listen to my, then they'll ask me questions too. Um, that's how I, that's how I feel like the greatest conversations would go is where you, you are responding to questions or you're asking questions as mm. opposed to lecturing someone. Um, I think that's why there's so much religious discourse is because in organized religions, there's, we're so firmly entrenched in our lore that we can't get out of the way of that to, to understand what people are feeling and, t- and thinking and what they believe um, because of what we already think and believe ourselves. Well, you know, if I believe this and you believe that, then one of us has got to be wrong. Well, I just don't believe that's true. Mm. I don't even think that's really true about Republican and Democrat or conservative and liberal as the definitions of those that I knew. I think maybe the definitions definitions of those have changed over time. Um, well, I mean, that's a whole nother topic, yeah. <clears throat> but just the fact that there's labels for that. If anybody called me a Democrat, I'd be like, excuse me while I throw up in my mouth real yeah. quick. <laughs> I mean, even more yeah. so if you called me a Republican, but if you call me any type of party, I'm like, that that's so limiting and means nothing to me that yeah. it's, you might as well not even say anything, but yeah. I, 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 I mean, I understand because there are two parties, two main parties in the U.S., and it's very difficult to just say, well, I, I think these things. Yeah. Well, and it's difficult in our country to have more than two parties because of the way our House of Representatives are, yeah. you know, one district here and there. So you either got to pull your weight with or put your weight in with one of the parties or the other or you get nowhere. Yeah. So anyway, that's a whole other topic. But my, my, my feeling is that we could we could solve a lot of problems and be a lot happier in our day-to-day lives if we could learn to let it marinate mm, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. just let it marinate um in i haven't always felt that way that's that's taken some practice over time um of course in you know over 60 years i ought to have practiced it finally <laughs> No, I feel like I have some, some, not authority, but I have, I have the right to say that with some practice, you could do that. Uh Um, I also, uh, I feel like I'm just like a a monologue today, but I hope not. uh, No, no, (laughs) no, it's fine. Keep going if you had more, but I had a thought. Um, Well, go ahead with your thought because I'm not going to forget mine. Okay. Well, my thought is, is that 
I haven't had too many opportunities that I can think of lately, especially like since COVID. I don't have that many interactions. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't had that many act- interactions, and I stopped reading YouTube comments. That's a kind of a separate topic, but I, I feel like on the one hand, you could say, oh, well, if you're stop- not reading YouTube comments, then you're never going to be challenged. But I'm like, yeah, but it's very difficult to tell when it's a comment that is actually challenging or if it's just a comment that just meant to stab, yeah. you know, to attack. But putting that aside for a second, I haven't had that many interactions where I've been challenged on something or somebody says anything to me where I would need to stop and think it through for a second. But just thinking about pausing and not immediately responding instantly makes my brain think, oh man, that would be a lot better to react that way to just a comment being said and to actually just think about it for a second. It's like, is this, how do I want to respond to this? Like what, what, what was said? Does it affect me? Is it true? How do I want to respond to it? Is a much better way of responding than just immediately being like, like if somebody says you're a liar, be like, wait a minute. The first response might be like, no, I'm not. But instead, the the response of, okay, let me think about it for a second, sounds a lot more appealing than just the immediate knee-jerk emotional reaction. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the book was, but I think we both read it. It was by Byron Katie. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, what I, what I remember called? her in that book saying um, is like, you know, you're having a fight with your girlfriend and your girlfriend says... But you, you know you're selfish and you're you 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 never you never take my feelings into consideration and you don't like dancing, you know or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and you could just argue with all of those, or you could go, oh, you're right. Which one of those are true? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Are any of those true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I am selfish and I'm immature. You know, it doesn't it it doesn't help me to not admit those things if they're true, yeah. you know, but if, you know, you don't, you don't like to take me dancing. Well, no, I don't like dancing. Uh, that's information that person needs to know. Yeah. As opposed to going, of course I do. It's just, I'm always too busy or I'm too tired or you don't dress well. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or, or one of the other examples she gave was, you know, you always want to do things in a group. You never want to just, you know, do things just with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. That is what I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, you know, what is wrong with a- admitting that's true? Or go, what exactly do you mean by that? Mm. Because just because you think you know what they're trying to say, because you're already ready to defend it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe an easier thing to do is go, wow, what, can you tell me a little bit more about why you, why you think that's true? So I can, I can respond, you know, maybe it is true. Maybe it's not. Yeah. But if you could tell me more, maybe, maybe we could come to some meeting of the minds or, or the agreement that we don't meet and, and, and is it worth pursuing if, if it's a relationship or whatever? I think maybe part of the responses that, we have like where we are immediately defensive or we immediately respond to the thing that's being said and not actually take it in. It's like kind of a scarcity. I mean, it's what I said at the beginning, but it's like this scarcity fear model of existence where if what they're saying is true, then that means like your whole world falls apart. Like that's kind of the mindset that Mm -hmm. you have a lot of times when people say things like, especially things that are 
like a accusation or an attack or whatever. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, if that's true, then it immediately negates everything else that is my being, yeah. you know, instead of looking at like, oh, well, that could be a shortcoming. Let me think about that and then respond from there or yeah. move on from there. Well, and we talked about this a little bit before we started. I've, I've spent most of my life being on the, on the opposite of, of being, if someone said something was true, you know, I'd be like about me uh, or criticize me in what, in one way I would just take it that face value is absolutely true. Yeah. You know, always the first one to, to apologize or to step back. And, and that was very limiting because sometimes those things are not true. Yeah. Um, and it took well into my adulthood to be able to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Did I do that? Is that what I'm doing? If it is, oh, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I think I've told you, and, and I'm sure we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but uh, earlier this year, I failed to tell one of my colleagues something that was going to happen in the building mm-hmm. uh, because they were out sick. Things were hectic. Um, and then I went on ahead and did that thing and they felt like I had stepped on their toes. And, and the truth of the matter is I did, I, I should have said, oh, by the way, we're getting ready to make these changes, but I forgot about it because it wasn't the most important thing on my plate and she was gone. Um, being able to just look her in the eye and say, I am really sorry. You're right. I should have done that. Okay. Let me ask this question. How, well, how did they respond? Uh, <laughs> Badly, right? Okay. So here's the thing. That's what makes it difficult to be the person who admits that you're wrong is that very often people do respond badly mm-hmm. when you've told the truth. It's like, you realize you make a mistake. You admit to it how is it any wonder that we put up these defense defenses? Yeah, it defenses. is not a wonder. Yeah. Um, but let me, let me just take that story a little further. Okay. In yeah. fact, when I, I, I mean, I'm sure it resolved nicely, but yeah, go ahead. It did not resolve nicely that day. Oh yeah. Well, of course yeah. not that day. Yeah. No, no, not at all. In fact, she said, I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. I think you did it on purpose. I think you don't respect me. I think you've never respected me, blah, blah, blah. But, as days went by and she learned things that had happened in the building while she was gone and what pressures I was under and why I might not have been thinking about those minor changes um, before she got back, it, it ended up being resolved really well. But if somebody doesn't take the first step, mm. there's no way for that person to, to move off of their position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If when they say something that was true and you deny it. Yeah. The conversation's dead. Yeah. There's no point in even trying. But if one of you, even even if you get banged on, if one of you can make the first move, that gives you the opportunity to to get to a point where you start actually communicating with one another. And that's when, you know, one plus one equals three, because you really can incorporate all of you and all of them, even where you have things that don't mesh. Um, and whether it's in a relationship of a personal nature or a work relationship or whatever it might be. But if no one builds up the courage 
And that's easy for me to say because I've been practicing a long time. Mm -hmm. But if no one builds up the courage to go, I was wrong. It's one of the things that I, I, I like about certain public figures. I like a public figure who will say, I was wrong. Yeah. I made a mistake. Or not even I made a mistake. I've learned more since I said that. So now I think this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I appreciate in other human beings. You know, you should, um, if you knew better, you would do better. And when you know better, then do better. Yeah. You know, like you can't, you can't do something better until you know about it. But I would be willing to bet that there are people listening to this podcast right now that has never occurred to them to just admit when they're wrong. Mm. because you're so taught to like, oh my God, don't let anybody know you didn't know that. Don't let anybody yeah, know yeah, that you, yeah. you know, no, don't let anybody know that you lied. Well, everybody lies. Yeah. You know, everybody has secrets. Oh man. You know what? One of the best things ever is when you admit to a lie and you do it quickly. Yeah. You're like, oh man, I can't think of, I thought there was a recent example where I did it. But like just on a smaller scale, like when somebody says something and you can't hear them, so then you just guess what they said <laughs> and then you, then they come back with something and then you're like, okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear what you said and I was just guessing and trying to. <laughs> or, or like you say to me, um, I wasn't paying attention to you, mom. Did you say? <laughs> it's easier to do with certain people. Well, like, it is yeah. because the reason that it's easier to say that with me is because we have developed that pattern over time. Oh yeah. Where but I know I'm not going to get yelled at for because you've yet. done it enough times and I've not like <laughs> sent you to your room or whatever. I don't know if you remember this, but when you were little, I always said, you know, you will get in a lot less trouble if you just admit what's what happened mm. because then that's that I can deal with. Yeah. If I'm, you know, I'm surmising what you did because you won't tell me what you did, yeah. <laughs> then then I may punish you for much worse and I might not be able to fix the problem, whatever it might be. Um, but I feel that way in general. And and I've said it, I have probably said it in every podcast we've ever done. There is There are very few mistakes you can make in the world that are irreparable. Man, do you hear about this Jeffrey Tubin guy? No. Oh man, I won't tell you the exact story, but he did something on Zoom when he didn't think his camera was on, mm. ruined his career. I have no idea what happened to him after that, but it was like it made all the news stories because it was like kind of near the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was getting used to using Zoom and everything. That'd be a tough one to come back from. Yeah. Well, but you don't know. A year, <laughs> no, I'm sure yeah. you can come back from it. Yeah, 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 you can come back from it. Oh man, that's got yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's embarrassing. Yeah, you know, well, Monica Lewinsky. You know, her life has been changed dramatically, but in the long run, we still don't know if that's a good or bad thing for her. Man, you know, she was thrown under the bus like none other. Like, yeah. did you see the John Oliver interview with her? I didn't. Oh, I'll, you should I'll watch definitely that later. watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Like her life was basically destroyed for a while. Yeah. And she would have to use different names to get yeah. jobs and stuff. You know, but... You know, who knows, who knows, you know, in the whole of her lifetime, what that will actually mean? What would she have, you know, what would she have become if that hadn't been? Mm. Would she become a person, you know, it feels like to me of the interviews that I've seen of her that she's now just bluntly honest about herself and, and knows herself really well now. Yeah. But at the time she was she didn't know herself very well. You could tell. And she was led by other people to do things 
on both sides. Yeah, she was that, only like 20 or yeah, something, right? Yeah, she was right? just a kid. Yeah, unbelievable, dude. You know, and, and the so, president threw under the bus. <laughs> the president, well, and so did the woman that tried to, that got her to do, you know, what she, to tell about the president. Mm. I mean, all of it. She got, I don't even remember all the story. Like I was like in elementary school or something. Yeah. Um, but my point, my point of saying that is that there are very few mistakes that you can make, especially in your day to day life. You know, not very many of us have the opportunity to have an affair with the president. Yeah. And you know, so for, for the, for your day to day life, I'll tell you a, a really good example to just start with. You meet somebody, you don't see them for months. You see them again, you recognize their face or they start talking to you like you know them. Nine out of 10 people will just let it go. <laughs> won't ask their name. It is so easy to just go, oh man, I'm really sorry. I can't yeah. remember your name. And, and that? What is wrong with that? Well, that is a weird one too because everybody understands that that's going to happen. And who would get offended by that? I don't think anybody would actually get offended if you can't remember their names. They'd only get offended if you let it go. Like if you try to weasel around it, that's when offense could happen. Like if you know, it's like the Seinfeld episode where you can't remember Dolores's name or Gipple or whatever. It's like his- Clearly you can't remember her Regina name. or something. Her <laughs> His girlfriend's name is like something that rhymes with the female body part, but he can't remember what it is. And eventually he guesses at the very end of the episode and she breaks up with him because she's like, you don't even know my name. <laughs> and then as she's leaving, he yells out the window. I think he says Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> I've not seen that but, one. Um, yeah, that, that's an absurd thing <clears throat> for us to be worried about. But people are. Yeah. Um, well, or, I, mean, I guess it makes some sense because it's... It's so personal. Yeah, Your name's it's a very, very personal, personal thing. Yeah, but our brains are wired to remember faces, not names. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and occasionally, I had a student who came back to the studio after four years being gone, and as soon as she walked in, this was just this week, I was like, hey, and I said her name right away. I knew who she was. That never happens to me. Usually, I just see their face. Yeah, yeah. And I go, yeah, I know that person, and I have to ask. <clears throat> um, but why? why can't we just make a decision like anybody who's listening right now who thinks that it's a good idea to maybe communicate better, make a decision just on that one question from now on, do it. Or like for me recently, I, I said I would do some legal work for somebody and, and she said, no worry, just whenever you get around to it. And then a month later she called and she said, you know, have you had a chance to look at that? And I meant to respond but I didn't know what to say. And so I didn't for a week or two. And then finally, when I did respond, I said, don't you hate it when attorneys don't call you back and they ignore your texts and they ignore your calls? <laughs> yeah, I hate them too. Really sorry I did that. But I, don't ask me why I didn't say that the very first time. Just yeah. go, hey, I haven't had a chance to or I haven't taken the time, which is more accurate. Mm -hmm. um, but it took me five days to be able to say what I said. <laughs> I don't know, you know, so, you know, I, I still need to practice that, but it is a lot easier just, just to, just to say it mm -hmm. and to develop that and just remembering that you are helping to shape the pattern of your communication with that person. Mm. So yes, they might, they might jump at you. 
well, you're going to just have to keep, keep, you know, it's take the higher road, turn the other cheek, whatever it is. But communication is our individual responsibilities. And so if you, if you, if you care to have more, more real, what do you call it? <laughs> I don't want to say communication, but you, re- you really want to actually, I mean, communication comes from the word commune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's for us to have. If you want to actually have like an, a real interaction. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Actually, you want to have a real interaction. Then, then where real data is being yeah. shared, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> there was that thing passed around on the internet back when the internet was just for sending jokes and other stuff like that. And there was a list of things to do, and I can't remember what they were. One of them was, um, you know, smile when you answer the phone because people will they'll tell they can tell that you're happy, and it just starts out the conversation. Mm-hmm. But one of them was, you know, really be who you are when you date someone because the the worst thing is if they fall in love with somebody you're not. Oh man, that is yeah, that is terrible. <laughs> But the only way that can happen is if you can try to train your communications with other people with the real intent of communicating, of hearing their side, letting them hear yours, see if there's middle ground, see where you go from there. But if if you don't make that decision, chances are it won't happen because most of us don't. Oh, you know, we were playing, this me, Brian, and our friend Jeremy, we were playing the Monster Hunter Rise demo the other day. And we were talking about, oh, we were talking about, is that game going to remain an exclusive to just the Nintendo Switch? Or is it going to come to all the different consoles? And I immediately shut down something Jeremy said. And as I was doing it, I was like, this is not the way I wanted to communicate. <laughs> but <laughs> Did you fix it? No. Well, no, kind of. I said, mm, okay, yeah. Well, let me, what happened? <laughs> Jeremy goes, I'm like, oh, there's no way they won't bring it to the other systems because that's leaving too much money on the table. The previous Monster Hunter game was Capcom's best selling game ever. And then Jeremy was like, well, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe Nintendo's paid him enough. And I was like, absolutely not. And then I just said my argument or whatever. But then, but then he said something else. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, it's possible that Nintendo paid them enough. Just at least represent it as a possibility. Because there's just so many reasons why that's a more reasonable response. Chief among them being you're just having conversation. Nobody's trying to convince each other of anything. Um, and B, it's like not no, nobody here is experts or has any idea what actually went on yeah or you haven't seen numbers. that contract with nintendo yeah. so anyway it was just weird though because i have that was a very clear example of i have this entrenched view and it's completely inconsequential but even for that i wanted to be like no i'm right you know yeah and and sometimes sometimes you are right but in communicating with another person you might just come away with the with the understanding and that's really that's all it's all about is understanding one another is that that person does not have room in their sphere for your opinion or the or the actual facts that happens all the time um you tell that one story about you know some game going to nintendo or uh, i can't oh right yeah Yeah. on the bus james brown (laughs) his name was james brown (laughs) 
And he was telling me that Killer Instinct Gold was coming to the PlayStation. Yeah. Impossible. Unless the company got sold away from Nintendo. The company was owned by Nintendo. So anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I forgot why I was saying that. Yeah, I guess. I guess the, Some people don't have room. Yeah, they don't have room. To but, even entertain. But that is part of your understanding of them. But if you just, if you're entrenched and they're entrenched, you, you, you just don't have any interaction with that person, really. I mean, I, I'm sure you've done this where you've, you've had someone who is, that you were talking with and then you were saying something and they had literally just stopped talking long enough to let you talk and then they went right back to where they were as mm-hmm. if you had said nothing. Yeah. That is not communication. Um, and that's information for you about that person at that particular moment in their life. Doesn't tell who they are as a person. Yeah. You know, it just tells how yeah. they, yeah. Well, it tells you that about a couple of things, but I mean, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean what type of person they are. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, you know, one of the, one of the things that I learned early on, and I got this from a boss who just said, um, I am really not in a good mood today. So if I yell at you, I don't mean it. Like, and so that struck me as such a weird thing to say at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my principal back when I was teaching school. I'm like, that is really weird. But from then on, whenever anybody yells at me and it appears to me to be totally out of the blue, yeah. I'm like, I bet that has nothing to do with me. Oh, I've told this story before. I remember I was playing basketball one time and this dude goes in for a layup or something. And then he makes the shot and then he's like, foul. And I was like, that was not a foul. You know, I wasn't even involved in it. I didn't foul him or anything. I just saw what happened and I was like, dude, that was not a foul. Then like a couple of plays later, he just pushes me out of the blue. And then he, I can't remember what he said. And, or he was like, do you want to fight or something? And I was like, dude, I don't want anything from you. I have no desire to fight you. Like I diffused it immediately. I'm not the type of person who, if somebody pushes me, I'm going to fight him. I'm going to be like, you're out of your mind. Get away from me. (laughs) Um, But I found out that this dude's brother around the same time, I'm pretty sure it happened before this. Cause I mean, I remember looking at the school newspaper and the dude's last name was McNichols. His brother became a paraplegic in a skiing accident. And that, I think happened right before what happened in the basketball court. So the dude was probably just mad and like upset in life in general. So if he gets an instance where like, I could even see it being that he was looking for somebody to fight just any reason, any reason to let some of that go, just to go fight somebody and feel better. Yeah. You know, sometimes they use, you see that in, in, but I didn't see that article until later. Yeah. And then I, but it makes sense now. I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I knew that I knew what his last name was because went to high school with his sister and they looked very similar. And I found out later that they were brothers. Yeah. Anyways. But, but I, but that happens like as a school teacher, I hope they're still teaching school teachers this and I'm pretty sure they are. But one of the things that in one of my classes was all about the non-academic stuff. And, and they were just always reminding us that those, every child is coming from a home with a whole bunch of family dynamics, you know, maybe their parents were fighting that morning. Maybe they had a fight with their sister. Maybe they didn't get to eat last night or this morning. You know, they just named off, you know, we do, we just talked about all those things and how approaching another human being with the assumption that their life is perfect 
and your life is crap, and so you're gonna, you're gonna be mad at them is just a waste of your life. It's yeah. a waste of time. Um, doesn't mean that everybody who acts like a jerk has a good reason for it. Although I, in in the long term, I think they all do. I mean, nobody is born unless they've got brain damage being angry. Yeah, it's just not you know doesn't happen that way. You know, okay, so, no, so I know somebody's going to go, but there's research out there about, you know, you're, you're either born happy or sad or angry or whatever. There's a, you know, people have a tendency. Yeah. But that's. We all have tendencies and we all have influences from yeah, our yeah. upbringing. So I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing, but in general, much of our behavior is formed by what happens to us as we go through life. So any person that you're talking to, you can safely assume had some crap happen in their life and if they're trying to take it out on you you know diffusing that is all you can do and walking away you know if you need to is is also okay um but sometimes just allowing a person to say what they want to say and then asking a few questions like you actually care whether you understand or not i think i think that's someone said to me just a couple days ago we're talking about their children um their grown children they're like one of her sons had been married and this first wife didn't appreciate him in her opinion. And the second wife really, and she said, I think that's all you want for your children is that they be loved and appreciated by mm-hmm. somebody. And, and I think that's true, but I think every person wants to be appreciated for the person that they are, but we're also afraid to let that person be known <laughs> Mm. That that it that sometimes it's hard. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like if you if you don't, you're afraid to. You're afraid, chill. you know, which is why you you know you get defensive immediately. And and I'm not a psychologist. I'm just pretend to be one on TV. But um, it's that whole dynamic. Each one of us though can make a decision, no matter how hard our life is, to remember to just let it marinate, like. Like, let it in before, and if you can't think of anything, just be, other than snapping at somebody or making the opposite argument or defending yourself, you don't always have to say something. Yeah. You can just be silent. You can be like, hmm. Hmm. That, that is an interesting thing. Because what if you did that? Like, when somebody makes fun of you, like, what if somebody just made fun of you? It's like, man, you're stupid. You're like, well, what do you care? <laughs> yeah. yeah or, Sorry. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I don't, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Just, but giving it that second to be like, huh? Yeah. To, before you immediately say you're stupid or yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and the truth is that all those emotions are, you know, that they get chemicals going through your body and five or 10 seconds of silence and, and really like taking it in, like what? just say to me yeah um oh, oh i got a really good example okay when i lived in china <laughs> do you remember david were you do you remember david at all he was the guy from california that no. was there teaching okay no, no. you were you were too young anyway he and i were at a concert at the at the school it was the chinese law school and we're sitting there and the dean was sitting on this side of me and david was sitting on this side and she says to me in chinese you're fat aren't you <laughs> okay let me be honest i had walked you know i was heavy i was heavier than i am now <laughs> and chinese are notoriously really tiny 
I'd gone into, you know, like clothing stores and I'd walk in and they go, we don't have anything that'll fit you. I was like, I'm buying a gift. <laughs> you know, it was a lie, but I didn't want to say, yeah. But anyway, so she says to me, you're fat, aren't you? And I stood there or sat there stunned. And I looked at David and I said, I know my Chinese is not good, but she just saying that I was fat. <laughs> and he said, yes, she did. And I was like, I looked at her and I, and I went, I don't understand. And then she went on to say, you look really comfortable now. Like the food's not making you sick. You're happy. Wasn't a, a, it wasn't, a, you know, a, a, a judgment about my body. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, basically you're fat and happy kind of, kind of a statement. It took me a while to get to that. Or maybe she was lying, you know, but either way, I chose to believe, to just take her at her word that she didn't realize that would be an insult. Mm. And that's what I really think it was. It's not that she you know, was really trying to say something other than what she said. It's just she did not think that would be an insult to an American because we're all fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a good question because I remember that story. But I actually do wonder if anybody has ever said that in Chinese, n- not meaning that you're fat. I don't, I don't necessarily... Yeah, but I I think you're right. I don't think she meant it as a as an insult. As an insult. Yeah, yeah. No, she was just making a statement. Yeah. Um, now my one student who told me um, that my first day of class when I turned around to write on the board that they all just were like, "That's the biggest ass I've ever seen." <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they were not trying to compliment me when yeah, they yeah, said that. Yeah. Um, but you know, be that as it may, you know, I got the jeans I got. I'm Italian. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, I had a thought about that. What was it? Crap. Okay, well, we don't have time because we got to address the comments, but okay. anything you want to close out? No, no, no. I think I've, I've, I've lectured long enough today. <laughs> I feel like I just was feeling really strongly about it today. <laughs> okay, so first let's answer the question first. Um, how do you define success? This is from Shin Chan. So I grew up in one of the most competitive and educated parts of the world, very much a type B laid back person. I've always felt that I've been less successful and less driven compared to many of my peers, at least outwardly. I've kind of realized that I've taken the path less travel and I don't equate money with success. I've noticed that many of my friends who are very outwardly successful aren't actually very happy. I also really dislike the do whatever you love and you'll never work again advice that I've so often received. I find it impractical and unhelpful. So for me, the the definition of success, um, I, I generally try to keep my definition of success. Well, I definitely don't put it as money or jobs because money or jobs are things that are not necessarily in your control. I try to put it in terms of things that I'm in control of. How good are my interactions with the people that I have? You know, how, like, I I think that is probably the, this, this may not be helpful either, but my my personal definition of success is how good are my interactions with other people? How much fun do I have with my friends, you know, or my family or whatever? And how many cool experiences do I get to have with them? And that's one of those things. Well, I don't know. Do you have a good answer for this? Because I've, I've got lots of thoughts on this. Well, I don't know if I have a good answer, but I have my answer. Okay. What is um, your answer? Mine is how satisfied I feel with what I'm doing. 
So like, like, mm, like <laughs> career success. If I feel like I'm struggling or I'm doing something that is so discordant with my, does I say that right? Pronounce that right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, with my values, I don't feel like that is successful. Mm. Like I, sometimes when I think about some of the jobs that I've done and I think, yeah, I made a lot of money. I was, I had a lot of influence in the community, all of those things, but I wasn't doing what I felt was valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like if I'm, whatever I'm doing, I'm successful if I'm doing a really good job at it. I, I either learn how to, you know, I'm learning how to do something or I've learned how and I'm applying it and I feel like it is valuable to me. Um, and I can, I don't have it, sorry. And I, I can take care of myself. Like I can pay my bills and that kind of stuff. Um, I love to travel, but I don't think I'm ever going to make enough money in my life again to do a lot of traveling unless I, you know, go backpacking or something. Um, but that doesn't make me feel unsuccessful because what I'm doing, I feel is so in tune with me. But I want to talk about that, you know, do what you love and you will never work again. Um, well, see, that's why I started off my definition of success trying not to bring in a job to it mm -hmm. because I feel like your, whatever your definition of success is, you can't make it too much outside of what you're in control of mm -hmm. because if you do that, it's going to lead to unhappiness. Like if your definition of success is, oh, I'm making 100000 a year. If your definition of success is, oh, I want to get this job or I want to do that. I feel like that's a a more difficult self-defeating. Yeah. Well, and, and I'd have to agree with him that it's many, or, oh, sorry. Um, many people who are, you know, in a high powered job, making a lot of money, have, you know, fancy cars, fancy houses, blah, 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 that movie success. A lot of them really aren't happy. Mm -hmm. Be and, and they're always trying to get more. Like there's, it's never quite enough. Um, I would say that, you know, as it, as it all comes down to it, that the feeling like what you're doing is enough and what you're getting for it is enough is successful. Mm. You know, I, now that, you know, I feel like I'm more successful now than I've ever been. I'm not making the most money that I've ever made, yeah. but I'm making enough to, pay my bills, have a little left over. I can take time off when I want to, to go spend with my grandkids. I, I help people all day. I have flexibility in my, in my, in my thinking and my time. You know, I got my weekends to do what I want to do. Um, sometimes <laughs> what I want to do is go to the office and work or yeah. paint or something, but yeah, I yeah. think maybe that is kind of my definition. Cause I, I do consider myself successful right now. But it's not so much of because what I've accomplished, but it's because day to day I'm going in the direction that I want to be going in. And I'm very satisfied with the effort that I'm putting into going that direction. Yeah. Not necessarily that I've made it because there's always going to be people way luckier than me, way more unlucky than me. And you don't want to focus too much on either one of those. Yeah. Like, Whenever I look at other YouTubers who like blow up and they've got a million point two subscribers and they got them like in six months or something, it's very easy to look at that and be like, oh, I should be doing that. Why don't I have that? But 
as long, but I, I always bring it back to, okay, am I, do, am I making enough for myself? And am I going in the direction and am I making the stuff that I'm very happy and satisfied with? Yeah. If the answer to all those is yes, then you're successful. And like lots of times I use those as, oh, you know, I could be doing a little bit more and I could be putting a little more yeah. effort in this. I try to look at stuff like from that angle rather than the jealous, like, oh, well, this is already perfect. Why isn't this? Yeah. You know? um, I, I would say, you know, it is okay if, if your goal is money, but you really have, I think you ask yourself one question and then you'll know whether that is really it. And that is, oh, if I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, will that be enough for me? You know, or is it always going to be, the more you get, the more you spend. So you got to get more. And mm -hmm. are you are you competing with somebody else? Um, because if you want to be the best at something, I you got to give up a lot to you, do that. Well, you got to give up a lot, and you will never always be the best. Yeah, and you have to want that as a you have to take enjoy that process because that is going to be a process. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Let's we can revisit this more later, but there's a big one that I want to get to. Okay, so Abracadabra left a big comment, and this one is interesting because, um, anyways, I'll just read the whole thing first, and then we can talk about it. <clears throat> so they said, this is hard for me. I'm 48, unemployed for years, and chronically depressed. Even as a young girl, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Never did. Never been the kid that said, when I grow up, I'll be dot, dot, dot. Went to see counselors as a team, talked to people, adults, did all kinds of things, but never ever felt a passion for anything. I had to pick something up at some point if I wanted to leave my parents home and I ended up doing jobs at minimum wage my whole life until I could no longer get myself to do it. Never had a hint on something that I could find pleasant to do. It feels like empty inside of me or something. I wish I'd been someone like you or your mom, a go-getter who felt passion for this and that, to have a dream, but it never happened to me. It makes me chronically ashamed. Today I sit here and my days are all the same, still feeling no passion. All I enjoy is watching TV, reading books, and browsing the internet. I envy your brain. So you had thoughts on this. I do. Well, first of all, I want to I want to say that took a lot of courage to put that in writing, um, and and I I appreciate it that that you would share that with us. Um, depression is a big thing, and I would say that you've been depressed most of your life or you would have possibly felt some passion for something, mm -hmm. have some interest in something. And um, there was someone replied to that and I don't know who that was, but um, I thank that person for that very kind um, response as well because it's really easy for people, you know, like us or other people who, who have found their passion not only found it, but found a way to use it to found make a living. Found a passion, I or would say. Or a passion, yeah. Well, that's true because... It's, it's never your passion or yeah. one passion. It, yeah. it can change. Yeah, it can change. And it could be multiple things. And 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 it doesn't have to be something that you make a living out of. Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, but even just within her comment, um, I think it, uh, she likes books. You know, I don't know what kind of books that she likes to read, but um, there's that... There's, there's some things that you enjoy, but depression is such a, um, insidious disease that, and don't let anybody tell you it's not a disease. It is, but it, it's also a self-fulfilling kind of disease. Like, you know, if you're depressed and everybody thinks that, you know, 
like I'm happy all the time. No, I have my depressive moments. I do not have depression, so I don't have that as an invasive part of my life. But I do know how it feels to get up and not want to take a shower and not to brush my teeth for three days and yeah. and to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day for two or three days in a row. <laughs> Calling sick because I'm watching West Wing and I don't want to give it up. No. That's the funny thing. So for you though, watching Netflix for three days in a row could be either signs of extreme happiness or extreme <laughs> it's depression. It's true. Man, I watched The Witcher three times in a row, man. It was great. Man, I watched Witcher three times in a row. So depressed. I do like The Witcher. Um, but so uh, I do hope that as an adult, if you can that you do get more counseling because I think it's helpful. I also think that I'm going to put my junior junior doctor hat on or whatever. We're not doctors. We're so not this doctors. Is not this is not medical advice. advice. It's not. We're not psychiatrists. We're nothing like that. But just two people but, randomly talking. Yeah, we're just randomly talking. But I have read many research papers on Google Scholar. That's a good place to go look. If you like to read, go to Google Scholar. Movement is like the best prescription for depression. It's hard to move when you're depressed, but even little bits of getting started will help. Food makes, makes a major impact. It's hard to make good food choices when you're depressed. So what I would tell you, because um, I have a good friend, we have a mutual friend who has some severe depression issues, and what I tell her all the time um, is that I love you and I have respect for you and please, please, please be kind to yourself. Don't compare yourself to other people just because there's this quote social norm of what you're supposed to be. Everybody can't fit that and you are valuable just as you are with your depression, with your lack of uh, inspiration with lack of a passion, you are valuable and wanted and needed on the planet. Um, so I, I encourage you abracadabra to, to, to be kind to yourself. One thing, a couple of things I want to say first is that this idea that everybody should be inspired and have their passion and do what you live and love what you do and all this stuff. It's not going to be the case. Like yeah. not everybody's going to have a particular thing that they're super into and that is totally okay. The big reason why it's especially ridiculous to say that everybody should have that is because if everybody was a creator, who would consume? So, I mean, you can, if there was nobody to watch the TV shows and to watch the YouTube videos and, and read, read the, the books, books, then what's the point of even making them? I mean, there's plenty of point, I'm sure, but the... Don't feel bad if you're just a consumer of something because yeah. it is a two-way street yeah. and you need both people or a double-sided coin or whatever. Yeah. And if, if there's nobody watching this stuff, then... Yeah, like, like the <clears throat> fact that you watched our podcast and then took the time to be vulnerable and tell us about yourself and comment is like a gift to us. And if nobody's watching us, it's just me and Robbie talking to each other, <laughs> which we do anyway. And there's no point in recording it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, 
I, I agree wholeheartedly with that, that we sometimes, you know, we talk about, oh, I'm doing my passion um, or I'm doing a passion of mine and I'm making a living a, at it. Yeah, and, but I'm st- I, I lived 40, 50 something years without that. Um, and I did stuff that I, I liked okay, but I always knew in the back of my mind that I'm going to do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this forever. I'll do it. You know, I can do, I can do just about anything for a short period of time if I know it's going to end. Um, which is, I'm sure why I was able to do the other things that I've done in my life. And, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I'm whatever that, that I now do mostly what I want to do. And then I have time to make other choices. But if your choice is to read books and watch YouTube and listen to podcasts and that kind of stuff that is valuable all on its own without you making any excuses for it. Um, you know, I know. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like, here's the thing about a society, right? Is of course you want to be like the best person that you can be. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just don't have it in you. And that is totally fine. You know, if you're, if you don't have it in you for your whole life, like you, you have a certain set of cards that you were dealt at birth. Okay. And then throughout your life, you get extra cards or you lose some cards or whatever. It doesn't help to make yourself feel worse about the fact that you're not able to be better than in your mind than what you are. Mm -hmm. Just like, it's totally okay to be where you're at. And if you're at where you're at your whole life, that is totally fine. Because that, that's a whole topic I want to get into on yeah. the podcast is that there, there's this sense that everybody's supposed to be perfect all the time. You hear at the same time people say, oh, it's okay to make mistakes. Everybody's human. And then at the same time, every time someone who makes a mistake, like, they're they just skewered. They're exactly. They're roasted completely, yeah. you know, skinned alive. Um, it is it is okay. Like this mob justice. Yeah. yeah. And and. <clears throat> And until, I don't, I don't know that this is true, but I have this feeling that until you accept who you are at this moment and say, I don't have shame over that. Like, I think shame and guilt, whoever's teaching shame and guilt needs to be kicked in the patootie. Yeah. No, just stop that. Yeah. Um, there's a, oh, and then also let's, let's come back real quick. Uh, she also said that she worked minimum wage jobs. This idea that minimum wage jobs are not valuable, it's like, no, they're minimum wage because there's greedy people who are able to get, who are able to get away with paying people that much money. But if you don't have minimum wage jobs, who is going to serve you at McDonald's? Who's going to stock the gas station? You know, all these different things. It's like, yeah, obviously not everybody wants to do those jobs. They're not exactly the most fulfilling, entertaining jobs, but they are, they do serve a valuable purpose to other people. Yeah. So like you could even look at it that way. It's like, I am helping other people. They are considered the essential workers right now. Yeah, exactly. Like <clears throat> I, I think about my job, I entertain people, but it is absolutely not essential. I'm, I'm helping people who enjoy this stuff, but I'm not helping people. Absolutely. Like somebody who like, stocks a grocery store they are absolutely helping everybody because everybody has to yeah. eat. yeah and 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 you notice their absence yeah like it was a pain in the butt literally to go to kroger or someplace like that and not have toilet paper 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, or, or for shorties like me and the coconut creamer that I like is in the, in the very top shelf and it, I can take the first one down, but I can't get any more. I have to get a worker to get it for me every time. Um, but no, I, I, I think that's a very valuable point and I'm glad you brought it up that minimum wage jobs are, are, are absolutely essential. And it's, I, I'm not a, you know, a, well, maybe I am a socialist, but I, I don't think there's any reason why s someone should be making billions of dollars while there are people who, who are really making sure the rest of us can stay alive and have a clean environment you know, they're taking the trash or whatever. Okay. So this is one of those things that would be fun to have a conversation on because we were talking about disagreeing with people. I don't see how you could argue in favor of some people who have an actual job, not being able to support themselves. Like th you can call that socialism. You can call it whatever you want. I don't care. But if you think that somebody working eight hours a day should not be able to fully feed themselves, close themselves and have a satisfying, like, existence. I don't know how you can argue against that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. So like I, the, that, that's a whole other topic, but yeah. my, my point is, is that especially like when we did that last episode, I wanted to caveat it. I don't know if we caveat it enough that you don't need to have found your passion. You don't need to ever find your passion. I just feel like that the over positivity, like the Instagram positivity, you know, what's funny is that self-help has moved away from books and it's kind of more online now. Like I didn't really think about that because when I read self-help books, it's like around 2008, like that era, like when I got out of college <clears throat> now, like I haven't read a self-help book in a very long time, but I feel like it's probably moved more towards the internet and stuff like maybe even this podcast would be considered one, Yeah, but maybe. Where was I going with this? I don't know. Oh, but I was going with this is that don't, I think long story short, don't beat yourself up because you haven't found what you like to do or that if you, you may never find something yeah. that you like to do. Well, I, I would just say like, if, okay, she has been very, and I'm saying she, is it it's a, a she? she yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Um, <clears throat> she's been very vulnerable and very honest and put that out there. Okay, but if someone else said to her, man, all you do is watch TV and read books, I, I hope that maybe this particular podcast will give her the courage to say, yeah, that is what I do, with no guilt, no shame, and, and just go, yeah, yeah, that is, that's where I am in my life right now. Yeah. Because there is nothing wrong with that. Well, I think the counter argument to that is people will be like, well, you're not contributing to society. And that's kind of what I was trying to say earlier. Is That's that, not true. Yeah. I mean, no, oh, no, you were saying that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, somebody's got to read the books and watch the TV shows. Okay. But second of all, even beyond that, to expect everybody to be contributing to society all the time, like it just doesn't work like that anymore. Okay, because the people who really contribute the fundamentals to society is not most people. It's a small group of people, like it's farmers, it's doctors, it's teachers, etc. Right? The rest of us are just a bunch of goobers running around doing Creating random stuff, Creating stuff, and, yeah. and consuming stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, if somebody ever does say that to you, abracadabra, then you could just be like, "Look, okay, well, what do you contribute to society every day? Like <laughs> yeah. when you bought those." Uh, slave labor Nikes where you contributed to society or whatever, yeah. you know, 
I mean, yeah. that's probably not the best yeah, attitude. I, to take. Yeah, don't take that advice. Don't take that advice. But I do think it's okay for you. And if you need someone to give you permission, if you need someone to say it is valid, then yes, you can say that's what I do. And, and I'm okay with that now. Maybe that, that acceptance of what you are will let you live with that in peace until, or if that ever changes for you, as opposed to daily comparing yourself to other people who have better, better brain, brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing is, is really, would you be, if you keep lambasting yourself for the way that you are, is that going to actually get you to change your behavior? Because at least you could give up the lambasting yourself and mm-hmm. just be like, okay, this, let me just at least take that negative aspect away of it. Yep. Like if you, if you're not happy with the way that you're living your life, right. And you don't think it's the right way to live your life. You being simultaneously angry about, or like mad at yourself, chastising about that, yourself, chastising yourself, yourself. That doesn't help anything. No. So you might as well take away the chastising and then you can work on changing it. If that's something that you choose you to do yeah. need or want to do. So, yeah. Okay. That was it. All right. So, yeah. Well, I hope that's helpful. I'm going to keep you in my thoughts and hope the best for you. And I mean, it's just like, here, here's also fundamentally is we're all just a bunch of goo that came into existence and nobody actually fully knows what they're doing. And it's all. Yeah, we don't have a user manual of any kind. And it's like, come on, man. It's like everybody just yelling at each other to do this and do that. And they're like, oh, why don't you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like, man, man, I don't have it figured out. You think you got it figured out? Where was the manual? Huh? Go show me the manual. Yeah. Where's, well, there was a, uh, it's like, you're not me. You can't experience what I'm feeling. There's yeah. no set of rules. Like you can adopt rules that you get from your religion or your family or whatever. But in the world, other than the sun comes up on one side and goes down on the other, you know, there, there really aren't any rules about how you live your life and, and, and being mean to yourself is just not helpful. Yeah. Just not helpful. Doesn't make you happy and doesn't make you content and doesn't change anything. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. If it could change it, I'd say, go right ahead. Keep yelling at yourself because yeah, yeah. eventually it'll work, but it won't. Okay. Um, as always, we'll answer questions. Well, maybe not as always, but just so you know, we answer questions in the comments. You can subscribe to the audio version in the links below. Hopefully I'll get it on Spotify. If I don't, um, my bad. It's on Anchor though. And Anchor is owned by Spotify. So it's weird that it's not automatically put on there, but I think it had something to do with the redirect when I switched over to Anchor. Um, but yeah, you can watch the videos. Uh, you can also support on Patreon. Do you know that whole anchor Spotify thing? I didn't understand a word of that. <laughs> you might as well have been speaking a different language. I get explain it, but it's not that important. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for watching. We'll see you guys in the next one. Uh, you know, two Februarys every month. Two Tuesdays every month. Two Februarys every month. Yep. <laughs> That's the one. All right. See you guys.